Hello and welcome back to Empowering, a podcast designed to help you and guide you through your eating disorder recovery as well as offer some general mental health advice. I'm the host Emily Donaher and I've been in recovery for many months now um, and it's been a journey of ups and downs but no matter how bad the downs are I do not regret entering recovery. Before I start today's episode I just want to put a disclaimer and a trigger warning. Disclaimer is I am not a professional, I am not medically trained, I cannot diagnose nor give any medical advice, I can simply just give you some advice based on my experience and the my experience of seeing other people around me struggle with eating disorders. Trigger warning, I will be talking about eating disorders in quite a lot of context. There is mention of suicide as well, so here is your disclaimer. If you feel like you are in a tough spot and you don't think this podcast is going to help you, then please do not listen. It's not worth sacrificing your mental health for. I promise you, full permission to leave and just click off. But at the same time, this podcast is a real depiction of life with an eating disorder. It's also giving advice coming from personal first-hand experience of anorexia and it's here to be a safe place for you. It's here to provide comfort and advice and let you know that you're not alone and that there is a way out of your struggling. You don't have to struggle, you don't have to suffer anymore. Anyway, with that being said, um, yeah, so it's Friday that I'm recording this episode on and I'm lying in my bed with my dog and I've had a really good week. It's been very, very tiring physically, but I've been challenging myself so much this week, like so much. I have a list of all the foods that I want to challenge, all the drinks I want to challenge and I swear this week I've crossed off about five and that's amazing for me. Um, I'm very proud of myself. I've had a Nando's for dinner on my own um, and I challenged the salted, the Perry salted chips, which is something I used to love. Like, I used to love those so, so much and of course with calories being on menus, it makes it so much harder to choose the food you actually want, especially when you have an eating disorder even in general you know it's it it can't be easy for anyone really to see that because especially if you're not aware of the numbers before and you go to your favorite restaurant and you want to order your favorite meal and then you see this number and all of a sudden this month this number is there and it kind of makes you feel like you should care about that number but the truth is you shouldn't because you should still order exactly what you want to order this number should not have any interference with that um no matter how big of a struggle it is to see it I suppose. I think that it should not interfere with what you truly want to get because it's just a number. It really doesn't matter. It's just a unit of energy. That's all. I also want to quickly talk about the, on these menus it says the average adult needs 2,000 calories per day. So This again is very conflicting for people with eating disorders because if you're in recovery, you need far more than the average person needs to be eating in a day. You need far more, no matter if you're underweight or not, or you have weight to restore or not, it does not matter. You are 
committing to healing your body and your body cannot heal if it's not in a surplus it cannot i saw someone use the analogy of running so when you run your body is requiring so much more oxygen right and then when you finally stop running your body's in an oxygen debt and so it takes time of heavy breathing and really trying to get as much oxygen in your lungs as possible to repay that oxygen debt it's the same with calories if you have been restricting your calories and then all of a sudden you're in recovery and you think oh I can just eat like a normal person now no because you need to pay that debt off you need to give your body what it needs in the same way you would breathe heavily after exercise to try and give your body more oxygen it's the exact same you need far more calories than the average person does in a day that number alone though on the menu 2000 calories for an average adult that does not consider any factors and also how is it that every single person every single adult needs the same amount of food who determines that how does this number it shouldn't even be there that's just a simple guidance okay it's just a simple minimum that just means that they have taken a survey or they have um analyzed everyone's intake or everyone's metabolisms and decided that this is what an average adult needs in a day but at the same time that does not consider genetics it does not consider circumstances it does not consider whether you're 18 or 80 years of old it does not consider whether you're a female or a male it does not consider any of these factors that determine how much you need it does not determine if you're it does not factor in if you're in recovery it does not factor in if you're underweight or if you're overweight or if you're a normal weight it doesn't consider any of these things and you have to remember everyone's got different metabolisms everyone's got different bodies everyone's got different circumstances and conditions that would impact their calorific needs and so how come this one number apply to so many it can't it doesn't apply to so many it doesn't apply to you if you're in recovery a hundred percent it does not apply to you okay so please do not be discouraged if you see this number because you do not need 2000 calories you need far more than that to recover just remember the oxygen analogy you've been running your body's in an oxygen debt you have to breathe more to get as much oxygen as possible to restore to find an equilibrium it's the exact same with calories you've been restricting your calories you are in recovery you need to eat far more calories to be able to find that equilibrium again okay so please keep that in mind if you're going out or if you um have seen on menus because they make it very visible which i have a very big issue with but anyway Today's episode is focusing on the fear of not recovering. All I see on recovery TikTok or in the recovery community on social media is a lot of people talking about the fear of recovering, the fear associated with weight gain, the fear associated with letting go, the fear associated with um, eating more or challenging things or being in certain situations which are uncomfortable for you that fear is everywhere right all people are talking about is their fear of gaining weight their fear of challenging food their fear of recovering okay and it kind of puts the idea into people's heads that you should fear recovery when you should 
actually be fearing your eating disorder. There is not enough awareness and not enough, there's not a conversation out there, I see anyway, where people are talking about the actual consequences of not recovering and what life could be like if you don't recover. So this is what this top, this is what this podcast episode is going to be about, okay? You should be more scared to not recover than you should be scared to recover, okay? And I think, well, I want to get the message across that we should be scared of eating disorders, not inspired by them. Let's start with some simple statistics um, because you might be able to argue with my opinion but if you're arguing if you're arguing with statistics then um you don't really have a leg to stand on <laughs> so there are three statistics that really stand out to me the first one is 50 percent of people with anorexia make a full recovery between five to 20 percent of people who develop anorexia die from it and one in five anorexia deaths is the result of suicide. These statistics alone just highlight, one, how hard recovery is. Okay, so if you're in recovery, I hope you know that it's incredibly courageous of you to be in recovery, but you should keep being in recovery. That is the most transformative decision you can make for yourself in terms of getting better, because your whole life will get better if you're in recovery. I can promise you that for a fact. Not you can't control everything in life you know things will happen people may die or you may lose a job or you're you may have a breakup or you may not get the grade you want but these things are going to happen whether you're in recovery or not right at least you need to give yourself the best opportunity to get through them because I guarantee you if you are actively engaging in your eating disorder when you are experiencing all of these things around you you are not going to be able to get through it as well as you would if you were feeling yourself because there are so many issues alone that arise when you were engaging in your eating disorder you're tired you're irritable you're weak you're so weak your mood is just awful you can't process things you can't process your trauma you can't even feel it most of the time and it's it's going to be so much harder for you I promise if you are not in recovery these things are going to happen and these things are out of your control and that is so terrifying for so many people that there are things in life that are so out of your control and I really experienced that myself last year when I lost my dad I was 18 I was 17 when he was diagnosed before he was a perfectly healthy dad he was so healthy and you hear of these situations where people lose their parents, right? You hear about these situations where people just out of nowhere get chronically ill or terminally ill or get cancer or get motor neuron disease like my dad had. You hear about these situations, but you never ever think they're going to happen to you, right? You just never think it in a million years. Because one day you could have a healthy parent and then the next minute they're dead. It's it's horrible, right? But what I experienced when my dad passed away I had this huge profound realization that I can't control everything right I can't control so many things in my life we cannot control so many things in our life we are just humans things will happen that are completely out of our hands but at the same time there are some things we can control but we shouldn't right 
You can control your calorie intake, but you shouldn't. One thing that is going to be so beneficial to you in recovery is learning that you cannot control so many things. But also, there are some things you can control, but you shouldn't because you will find out they do more harm than good by controlling it. And I also think it's important to know that the opposite of control is freedom, right? So how can you be free, but also be so in control? Because to be free is to be happy, it's to be able to do things, it's to be able to live your life freely. And to be in control is to be in a constant state of anxiety and predictability, but almost, but in a very toxic sense, right? So... One of the things I have used to help me accept that I cannot control so many things in my life and that I shouldn't cope with an eating disorder or I shouldn't use that as a form of control. And it's kind of stupid, right? Because I'm not religious and I'm trying to be more um, spiritual in a way, in a sense, but One of the things that's really helped me is this thing called the serenity prayer. And I feel like maybe some of you have heard it, maybe some of you have not. Let me read it to you. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And I think that is so important to just say to yourself, you know, say to yourself on a daily basis, just repeat those words almost as affirmation, right? Repeat those words and remind yourself that you cannot you cannot control so many things. You cannot change so many things. You can't change people. You can't change your certain situations or certain certain circumstances, right? You can't change some things. And that is so hard to deal with, which is why a lot of people use that eating disorder as a method of control. But I think it's important in recovery to try and accept that you can't control things. That was my little rant, I guess, about control. So I'm very sorry about that. I'll get back onto the main topic. So why are we not scared of eating disorders? Why are we not scared of not recovering? So there are so many reasons I've come up with, I suppose. First of all, you've got the glamorized depiction of the illness. So social media glamorizes it and makes it seem like it is something to want to have, something that is trendy or quotation marks quirky, I hate that word but still. Um, There is a very glamorized depiction of anorexia, right? And so obviously this is going to make people not so scared of it but maybe even inspired by it. I feel like the glamorization of anorexia in today's society has made people inspired by it when really we should be scared of it. Another reason why we might not be scared to not recover is denial. So one of the huge parts of anorexia is denial. Denial of how bad things are, denial of how bad you are, denial of constantly, you're constantly lying to people, you're constantly lying to yourselves, but it's mostly your eating disorder. It's in denial, right? Because our eating disorders do not want us to give up. Like I said in a previous episode, this eating disorder is like a parasite. It can only survive if we, if it's feeding off us. The moment that we stop letting it feed off us, it's going to die, right? So why would it want 
us to give up. And by give up, I mean the eating disorders term of giving up, which would be recovery, which is something which is very hard to also process, but that's for another day. So we might not be scared to not recover because our eating disorders don't want us to recover. They keep us going because it, and it also won't let us see the consequences of the eating disorder because it wants to almost like entice us into keep into like listening to it right so which is why so many people who have eating disorders the majority do not think that they're sick enough do not think that the eating disorder has had a bad toll on them they could you could have like physical proof that your eating disorder has had harm on your body or your mind you could be dying right but still your eating disorder is going to convince you that you're fine because it doesn't want you to recover it doesn't want you to believe or even not even believe because it's true it doesn't want you to see how bad it has impacted you because otherwise you're going to try and get better and your eating disorder doesn't want that so I think that is a huge uh, reason why I think people are more scared to recover than not recover. It's because your eating disorder is telling you that you're fine, that you're not sick enough, that you should keep going, that all of these horrible things that have happened as a result of your eating disorder are not actually as a result of your eating disorder. It will just, it's just denial. It's pure denial. So here I am to give you and your eating disorder a reality check because there is a part of you that is healthy that does want to get better no matter how deeply covered it is covered up it is or no matter how much the eating disorder overpowers there will still be some part of you that imagines a life where you're not ill so let that part of you listen to this because it will reassure you it will hopefully motivate you okay i'm gonna read out some of the known scientifically proven health complications caused by anorexia it's a long list okay so just um prepare (laughs) electrolyte imbalances you have an increased risk of heart failure, you have reduced metabolic rate, gastroparesis, severe bloating, bacterial infections, unstable blood sugar levels, constipation, damaged nerve endings and intestines, ruptured stomach, ruptured esophagus, intestinal obstructions, lowered sex hormones, infertility, osteoporosis, insulin resistance, hypothermia, high cholesterol levels, dry skin, brittle hair, hair loss, kidney failure, anemia, decreased white blood cell count, and death as the last one. Now, this is a very long list, and I can imagine a lot of you listening right now are probably thinking, yeah, but these are not going to happen to me because I'm not that sick, right? Because my head went there as soon as I read this. Oh, I'm not sick enough, so none of these things are going to happen to me. I'm fine. I'm invincible. Your eating disorder is going to tell you you're invincible. You're not, right? No one is the exception. You are not invincible to the health complications that arise because of your eating disorder. You are not safe. From You can get any of these at any moment. You could wake up tomorrow with one of these issues, right? And you don't want to spend another day risking that. And the, 
this the sad part is you can be in recovery you can recover but along the line you could still develop these things okay and I think when you see um facts like this you'd first of all disassociate yourself from them because one you don't think it's going to happen to you and two it's very easy to not imagine that these things are going to happen right because you're probably thinking okay well this happens in the most rare the worst cases the most severe cases of anorexia but that's not true you can be a healthy weight and develop any one of these or a combination of these you can have had your eating disorder for about a month and still develop some of these or one of these or a number of these okay you are not the exception your eating disorder is deluding you into thinking you're the exception but you're not which is why it's so important for you to enter recovery because recovery isn't gonna completely diminish the chance of you developing these as a result of your eating disorder but it's gonna give you a much better chance of not so because you're probably depersonalizing a lot of these or telling yourself it's rare it only happens in the most rare situations it's not okay it doesn't it happens to a lot of people and so I went on my Instagram which is M's in recovery and I post a lot there so if you want to keep up to date I suppose go and follow it but I asked um if any of you have had or experienced any physical health complications or any health issues as a result of your eating disorder please specify and I won't lie I did not expect to get so so many replies these are people i know these are people i follow these are people of all ages genders weights bmis because it doesn't discriminate okay the eating disorder will not discriminate against you for your weight or your gender or your height or your situation or your circumstances or anything like that you're not an exception to these health complications So I thought if I read them out, then maybe it would make some of you realise that actually you are probably, I mean, you are high risk of developing these health complications because you have an eating disorder. People said they have osteoporosis, trouble swallowing, pelvic floor dysfunction, lack of rectum muscle and chronic constipation, involuntary nausea, vomiting after eating, not uh voluntary um people have been admitted with extremely low heart rates phosphate blood levels were low three bouts of gastro gastritis sorry i couldn't pronounce that then <laughs> um lots of people saying they've had bradycardia which is if you didn't know a very slow heart rate um a lot of people have had bladder control issues which I myself have experienced a paralyzed stomach, SIBO, which is small intestinal bacteria um, overgrowth, um, heart disease, someone lost all feelings in their hands and toes, hypothermia, anemia, Gilbert syndrome, osteoporosis, again, irregular periods, poor circulation. Someone got Graves' disease because they messed up their hormones back in 2019. Bradycardia, again, a hole in their oesophagus. Sepsis. Bad hearing. Overall fatigue and sluggishness. 
refeeding syndrome, anemia again. A lot of people have had a low white blood cell count, heart arrhythmias, heart issues, constipation again, low energy, bruise easily, blood pressure issues, heart rate issues, hypertension, gastroenteritis, constant chest pain, discomfort, infertility, hair and nail loss, no hair growth at all, anemia, fainting, dizziness, electrolyte imbalances. You're probably thinking, Emily, shut the fuck up, right? Because I have gone on for minutes listing just some people's experience of the illness and the health complications that arise because of it. Now, before I say anything else, I just want to put um, a little thing in here and say, you do not have to have experienced any of these things to be sick or to be sick enough, right? Don't compare yourself to these people or think that your eating disorder is not as bad as theirs because you haven't had certain health issues, okay? Because everyone's journey is different, everyone's eating disorder experience is different, your eating disorder is a mental health issue that has these physical side effects, okay? I am focusing simply on the physical side effects that people or some people experience. Now, what I do want to get across by listing all of these things is showing or at least proving to you how common these things happen and just even the people on your social media feed right because not many people are going to talk about these things but I guarantee if you have an eating disorder it's going to have caused at least some physical discomfort or physical pain now this is just specifically the physical side effects okay we could talk mentally there are so many it is a mental illness that's the whole thing but what I want to do is show how you may not think that you're damaging your body right but look at all of these health complications that are caused by eating disorders so please do not think that you are invincible or you are um what's the word like special or different and you're not going to experience any of these health complications because you could you might be already you might have in the past so please do not think that it's more scary to enter recovery than it is to not enter recovery because at the end of the day yes recovery is terrifying but the consequences of not entering recovery are even more terrifying and I want this episode to show everyone that one, don't let your eating disorder convince you that you're invincible because you're not. Two, you should try, at least if you're not already, be more scared of not recovering than you are of recovery. You are really not an exception and that is not in a horrible way, but I just know from personal experience that you, your eating disorder will tell you that you are not sick enough or these things only happen in the most extreme severe cases of anorexia that's not true at all you can be any weight any size any bmi and still be experiencing horrible consequences of your eating disorder whether that be mental or physical today's episode has been specifically physical just because i think a lot of people sort of 
underestimate how damaging restriction or starvation or purging or binging can be can have in your body right I think we underestimate that because you won't feel sick every day maybe you won't feel sick or even if you do have physical health complications you won't think that they're that big of a deal or that you're still sick enough because at the end of the day your eating disorder does not want you to think that you're sick enough because then it's lost its its control over you okay anyway I'm going to go now um my throat gets so sore and I'm so tired but I love talking about these things because I'm so passionate about putting out content that is hopefully going to help at least one person in their recovery because I in recovery find it so helpful when people put out genuine content that they're actually passionate about and that's not performative that's not glamorized it's so important that there is more content out there that is more genuine and authentic and so I hope that's what I'm able to produce in this episode but anyway I'm going to go now and say that Thank you so much for listening if you have and if you like the podcast then give it a rating on Spotify or send me an email at eatittobeatitpodcast at gmail.com or follow me on Instagram which is Recovery, where I post daily updates or follow me on TikTok which is emsloveletters. So thank you so much for listening and I'll see you in my next episode. Bye.